Hello and welcome to the Tasty Brew Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. This episode of the Tasty Brew Music Podcast comes from a radio interview I had recently with Julia Offner, a captivating piano-playing singer-songwriter known for her energetic live performances. She recently relocated back to Kansas City from Los Angeles, and we had the opportunity to get updated on some of her current and future plans. Passionate and engaging, Othmer creates intimate warmth with her audiences regardless of the size of the venue. Using music to connect to people and social issues inspires her. Her most recent project, Songs of September, was a 30-day online voter registration drive concert series where she performs songs of change, protest, and hope. She then asked listeners to vote on their favorite performances resulting in Seeds Volume 1 Live, a listener-curated, democratically-elected collection released in late 2020. Seeds Volume 2 Live released March 20, 2021 on the spring solstice. Her most recent studio album, Sound, is a collaboration with UK-based producer-composer James T. Lundy and features reimagined vintage and bespoke equipment. Sounds, sounds so good writes Elmore Magazine. It has stunningly sophisticated and dramatic architecture and is spellbinding and visceral. Acclaimed Kansas City music writer Tim Finn describes sound as a self-made record with a big label sound, rich in space and soaring dynamics and rife with layers and textures and melodies and grooves. Kansas Public Radio host Bob McWilliams says these songs are powerful. Tracks from Julia's critically acclaimed debut album, Oasis Motel, have been featured in shows like Witches of East End, Switched at Birth, The Lion Game, Army Wives, and Degrassi, The Next Generation. She received songwriting awards from the Billboard World Song Contest and the International Songwriting Competition. Julia shared the stage with Sarah McLaughlin, Emmylou Harris, Hart, Regina Spector, The Alarm, Amanda Palmer, Lisa Lowe, and John Waite, among others. Enjoy this conversation with Kansas City's own force of nature, Julia Othmer. My name is Diana Lynn, and I have Julia Othmer on the phone with me this morning. It is still morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I am very, very well. How are you doing? Have you adjusted to Central Standard Time, or are you still on L.A. West Coast time? You know, just when I thought I had it figured out, Daylight Savings has it just, like, turned me all upside down again. Yeah. Well, for the folks that are listening that may not know about Julia Othmer, just a little thumbnail. I, I missed your show when you played at Knuckleheads before. Before everything cut, shut down. So I am one of the unlucky few people on the planet that haven't seen you play live. So I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to do that. But you are from Kentucky originally, um, have lived in Kansas City quite a long time, but have done stints in New York and L.A. and just recently returned to Kansas City in the last couple of months. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And um, how do you find your hometown after years of being away? 
You know, it's it's um, definitely. I'm. I feel like I'm going to be very much in a process of rediscovery for quite a while because obviously, with things not anywhere near normal, um, my ability to sort of explore in the way that I was hoping to is somewhat diminished. However, I'm just really thrilled to be a part of this community and starting to delve deeper into knowing who all of the artists are, what they're making, um, and that's really inspiring to me. I'm so thrilled to be engaged with the Heartland Song Network. And I'm getting to know more about their work and all of the members of that amazing organization. So I, I feel very much like I'm just at the beginning of a journey, but I have a really good feeling it's going to be an awesome one. You know, I think that uh, the pandemic or the lockdown or whatever you want to call it has been, of course, shocking to a lot of people. But I, I find that mm. for a lot of my artist friends, it's been a very productive time. And they may, may, may have had to completely pivot on what they thought they were going to be doing moving forward. What what, how have you utilized your time besides making the, the decision to transfer back to Kansas City from L.A.? What have you been doing for the last year to keep yourself from going insane? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest shifts that happened for me is in the creation of music. The music itself was always most important. And I realized that one of the biggest shifts uh, developed for me with the pandemic is concentrating much more on my listeners and my audience and understanding on a deeper level the importance of that community. So we very quickly shifted to live streaming like many artists. And we were streaming not just from our studio, but we were also live streaming in our front lawn for our neighbors. And to feel the way that our neighborhood came together just by gathering once a week, every week, was really inspiring. I think there's something to be said for musicians who tour. When you're forced to sit still for longer periods of time, there's a there's an interesting journey in that stillness that I had not taken advantage of nearly enough. And I think sort of doing a lot of soul searching between the live streaming, gathering with my neighbors, I've just once again recognized how important community is to me and how important it is for me to be contextualizing our work with more of an emphasis on community. Did you know your neighbors before or was this the first opportunity to actually even discover who they were and what they were doing and how they were handling things? You know, I'm from the Midwest. I knew my neighbors, but I can't say that that was so typical of the area that I lived in in Los Angeles. And we definitely knew our neighbors and had very pleasant relationships with them. But there was something about coming together every week that intensified the connectivity between all of us. We were growing a lot of food in our backyard and like sharing sharing vegetables and just kind of being there in a different way on a deeper level magnified the sense of us being neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciated it. it that, that connection intensified. Well, when I, I've been so blessed. I've been in the same house for 25 years and I know my neighbors and we kind of look after each other and take care of yeah. each other. They're like when I grew up, once growing up in the 50s and 60s, that's just the way, that's the way it was. But I'm always amazed at how many people do not know their neighbors at all, have not even had conversations with people that live within, you know, 50 feet of them. That's always amazing to me. Well, you know, you know, also, I have to say that sometimes people are a bit quieter or shyer or a bit more reserved. And I feel like sort of coming together and gathering regularly was a way for some of those quieter, more reserved neighbors to be a bit more inclusive um, or feel included. There's kind of 
have a structure for that. And um, I think that that led to another kind of dynamic. Um, You have made very good use of your time during the pandemic. And really before, now the songwriting, the the 30-day voter registration project that you did. Was that prior? September. Was that before the pandemic? Was that before? Well, I had been thinking about doing a voter registration project, and I was really hoping to do, I had had big dreams of a very expansive voter registration project, especially for my artist colleagues in the Midwest where we could collaborate on a whole album and concert series about on songs of protest and hoping to gain increased voter registration, especially in the Midwest. And of course, with the pandemic, being able to collaborate and get together was very much compromised. So we sort of adjusted and said, let's do Songs of September, a 30-day online voter registration drive concert series where every day we went online and I presented a song of protest, change, hope, alongside voter registration information. And we were hoping to activate our listeners to engage if they weren't already inclined to do so. Were these songs that you picked yourself or uh, by your listeners or fans? Who picked the songs? Well, we picked the songs. I had to be sure that I could play them. (laughs) Uh, But I certainly leaned heavily on several friends to give me suggestions and songs that spoke to them. And we did ask all of our listeners to then vote on their favorite songs. Um, It was a democratically elected album that we put out at the end of last year called Seeds, Volume 1. And those, and then it'll be followed up by the release tomorrow. Tomorrow on the Equinox. Volume 2. Well, I have to tell you, you, you sent me the songs, and after Danny and I picked our jaws up off the floor, we, we listened over and over again. We were just gobsmacked by the production quality and the song choice. You know, some of the songs I hadn't thought about, you know, for, for some time, and, and maybe hadn't oh. even thought, maybe hadn't even thought of them in the context of being a, a, a protest song. But when I actually, you know, had the headphones on and was listening to the words, I thought, of course that is a song of protest. I wonder, what I like to know about artists as I'm getting to know them is, is about their kind of their education, how they collaborate, what they think about collaboration, and, and how they feel about being mentored or mentoring somebody else. So what, let's talk about your education for a second. And I, and I don't mean just formal education, if you're classically trained on, on piano or whatever, but what, how, how would you kind of summarize your musical education to this point? Ooh, there have been so many facets of it. Um, I think my biggest teachers have been the artists that I play with. I've always tried to sort of be surrounding myself with artists that are more accomplished, have greater musical knowledge than I do, so I can be learning all the time. I also think that I learn a lot from audiences, and really listening to an audience has been a tremendous teacher. Don't you feel like part of the show? Classical education, but um, that is a sort of a strange thing to transfer, in, at least for me, to transfer into sort of doing more sort of popular music. But I'm I'm always grateful for education. I think if we can learn from everything, then no moments wasted. Well, there, do you feel you're so such a physical performer? I, I feel like you you feel like the audience is part of the show. This is not mutually exclusive. It is undoubtedly a critical part of the show. Everyone in the room, from you know service personnel to the sound personnel to your musicians, every single person in a space creates a concert. And I think to address that entire space and address one another, I mean, that, that's where the really great energy happens. It's when you get to have these cathartic experiences, especially with strangers. And I think that just starts raising the vibration. And it's 
what I get very excited about in a live performance. Well, I can tell you as an audience member and a non-musician and as a patron, I appreciate that point of view because for a long time I felt like um, an interloper or like imposter syndrome that I did not, you know, fit into the equation since I wasn't an artist or a musician or whatever. But I've since come to the conclusion or the realization that, yes, the patron, the audience, the listener is as much a part of the holy trinity of the artistic experience as the performer is. So thank you for Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And live performance doesn't happen without audiences. Well, let's let's talk about collaboration a, a, yes. a little bit. You are you are a member of the Heartland Song Network, and you are part of this yes. 50th anniversary honoring Carol King's uh, Tapestry album. We've been doing a series. In full disclosure, I am I am a director and co-founder of the Heartland Song Network as well. We've really tried to zero in on collaboration or collaborative exercises for our members to try to kind of give them something to do and something to look forward to and, and ways to create. But I, I'm fascinated by your producer, your, your British or your, your, um, your producer from the UK. How did that come to be? His name is James T. Lundy, and he is, a, we are, I don't even know where to begin. I have so much I could say about James. Um, when you mentioned that these volume two sounded so good, it in large part due to him. I knocked on his door one Tuesday in London and asked him to produce my next album, and he said no, but I persisted, and the next time he was in the United States, he came to see me play live, and he changed his mind and said that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yes, I want to do something with you. Let's make an album together. I have scenes and of Notting began, Hill. <laughs> pardon me? I have scenes from the movie Notting Hill going through my head right now where you <laughs> knock on his door in Notting Hill. I'm just a girl who's looking for a producer <laughs> for my record. <laughs> well, yeah, and I did have a bottle of whiskey, but, you know, that's a whole oh, other story. Okay. And we've, we, our first major collaboration was an album called Sound, which we officially released in 2019, which he produced played huge portions of the album, many instruments. Um, we co-wrote a lot of the track, and we definitely have a very deep collaboration, not only professionally, but personally, because I was lucky enough to get to marry him. Oh. Oh. Fabulous! Oh my God, we need to do we need to do a, a documentary or a behind the music like there they used go, to do yeah. on VH1 for Julia. But in all seriousness, he he is incredible. He is a producer, an engineer, a designer, an artist. He also a lot of the reason that our sound sounds like it does is that he finds these incredible vintage instruments, amplifiers, and keyboards, synthesizers, and recreates them so that soundscape that we use in our recordings are like none other anywhere. Fun experiment and definitely a deep collaboration. I definitely recommend listening to your music with headphones on because it is yeah. it is, is quite quite the experience. Your voice is so strong when it needs to be and the way that you can modulate or go from zero to 60. And we're, believe me, folks, hang on. We're going to hear. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to give you examples of this. How do you do self-care? How do you take care of your vocal instrument? I practice every day. And I was really, really, really really lucky to find, you mentioned mentorship, and I think one of the greatest gifts that is available in this world is when we can find a well-meaning, intelligent teacher and mentor. And there's a woman named Carolyn Waters, and I started studying voice with her about a year ago, or I should say about a year ago. She sent me a bunch of exercises to do, which I do every single day. I have noticed a huge transformation in my voice, and I'm so grateful for it, but I practice every day. Muscle memory, trying to keep that muscle memory. Yeah. Um, 
so for those listening that want to discover all things Julia Othmer, let's give them the 411 on your web presence. And that's another thing. Your, the visual aspects of your are on your platforms is just stunning as well. So it's it's a pro show for sure, as they say. Thank you. Yeah. How, how, do, how do folks find you? So my website is juliaothmer.com. And a great place to be able to see our performances, whether they were from the live streams or Songs of September is also my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Julia Osmer. Now, the tribute to Carol King, the tapestry, yeah. you, along with about 10 or 11 or 12 others, went into the studio, Weights and Measures, Sound Lab, Mr. Dwayne Tower. Which which song are you at liberty to, dis- to, to, to reveal which song that you're doing? I'm assuming that, is it a secret? I, I don't, don't know. think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. There, no. are no, there are no secrets well, here. Um, I'm performing now. Natural Woman. Of course you And are. we actually um, are one of the few. We decided to do our filming and recording here at mm-hmm. our studio. Okay. Just taking the ultimate COVID precaution, especially as we had the ability to be, we're set up for that. Here. Right. But I'm so very, very excited to see and hear all of the performances. I'm so honored to be in this group. I haven't I haven't seen it either, so I'm, I'm really excited. But it is essentially um, the entire Tapestry album, every song on it, and Julia is one of the artists that has chosen a song and is going to be performing it. I believe in the order, back to back, of the entire album, from start to finish. This went by really quickly. I'm so glad to talk to you. I can't wait to meet you in person person again and to see you perform live your CD. Once again, let's give them the 411 on Seeds Volume 2 that releases tomorrow. How can they get that? Seeds Volume 2 releasing tomorrow will be available on all streaming platforms as well as my website, juliaothmer.com. And you can see all of the performances, not just from Volume 2, but the entire Songs of September series, both on my website and on youtube.com backslash juliaothmer. Well, from Seeds Volume Volume two, I have chosen your rendition so of Four Non Blondes. What's up? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think that's an amazing rendition of that song. And also, since today's show, I had a little theme going on about home, songs of home, leaving home. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do your song from Sound about home. And yes. after that, uh, we're gonna hear some Carol King, Home Again. Oh, beautiful! So thank you so much for calling in. And again, this is Julia Othmer, and my name. Is Diane Ellen. You have a great rest of your day, and I can't wait to see you. May something super magical happen to you. May you be open to receiving it. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you, KKFI, for existing and being such an incredible resource and support to the artistic community here. Have a great Huge day. Huge love to all of you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Still trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the world was made up of this brotherhood of man for whatever that means. So I cry sometimes when I'm lying in bed Just to get it all what's in my head And I'll 
Destination. 